0: but i see a side of him that i i hadn't noticed before he he had he has the ability to take what could be destructive criticism and turn it into something positive hmm. partly by ignoring it
1: right <laughs> <laughs> hi there and welcome in to a brand new week on the celebrity salute dedicated to the men and women who serve our country in active duty, our veterans, and their families. We're here for you. God bless you. We love you. On each episode, we look for people and stories with some connection to these heroes. I'm Randy Miller. Of course, you know Alan Alda as Captain Benjamin Hawkeye Pierce from MASH. He's also a screenwriter, comedian, and director, a six-time Emmy Award, a six-time Emmy Award and Golden Globe Award winner. And he's also known for recurring roles on great television shows such as The West Wing and Ray Donovan. He's appeared in such great movies as Same Time Next Year with Ellen Burstyn, The Four Seasons, Crimes and Misdemeanors, Flirting with Disaster, The Cold War Drama Bridge of Spies, and Marriage Story. He was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for his role in The Aviator. He's received three Tony Award nominations for his Broadway performances and is now the host of a very successful podcast. We are so honored to have Alan Alda right here on Celebrity Salute. Alan, how are you?
0: Great. Thank you, Randy. It's good to be back.
1: Hey, you, you know, it, it, you're starting to, you're kind of starting to tick me off a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> you got this clear and vivid with Alan Alda podcast on Amazon Music, and, and it gets to the point, Alan, where I just go, is there anything this guy cannot do? I mean, you're an excellent interviewer. You, you get, you you pick these guests and topics. You know, one week you've got Paul Rudd and you got a, a Supreme Court justice the next week. I mean, excellent job on your podcast.
0: Oh, thank you. That's, that's great to hear. And you know, the nice thing about it is I'm the biggest fan of the show because I love talking to these people. The, the most interesting people in the world I get to talk with.
1: Yeah, and you've got a big one coming up. Oh. I, I mean, you talk about an iconic figure, Mel Brooks will be interviewed by yeah.
0: Alan Alda. Yeah. He's he's amazing. You know, he's 95 years old.
1: I was going to ask. Yeah, 95 years old. Did you, have you met Mel Brooks before this?
0: Yeah, Mel and I have been good friends for 50 years. Okay, okay.
1: Wow. And, and his
0: son Max, I met his son Max Brooks when he was only 3 years old. And <laughs> Max has turned out to be a very successful writer, writing about zombies. Oh, yeah, and that's right. Really, yeah, you know, World War Z, he wrote that it was made into a movie. And because Max was writing in such an interesting way about what would be required by the world to organize itself against the international threat of zombies, the supply chain, Mm. The availability of food, all of the ways in which a disruption like that would 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 take place the He got asked to be a fellow at the uh, Modern War Institute at west point oh wow not not because they thought we are going to be attacked by zombies someday, but because well. he he could imagine the secondary effects of an attack like that that 's unexpected, and there they gather together people from various fields to think outside the box and be prepared for an attack that they don't see yet on the horizon. Huh? Yeah, that's people like like uh, cyber warfare, which is on the horizon.
1: Well, well, that's so interesting. We had the author Patricia Cornwell on the show, and she's written a new book about a crime that takes place in in outer space. So she visited NASA, and along those same lines, Alan. They were captivated by her questions about what happens if someone dies in space. What, what does what happens to the blood? What happens to and and she asked questions that that, that people at NASA had never thought about.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it's heartening that agencies like that are willing to look at their own work from a different angle. Yeah, and it sounds it sounds inappropriate at first. When you think why would a zombie writer? be helpful to the army. Right. But it turns out it's just a question of being smart and looking at things from as many angles as you can to get a 3-D grasp of it.
1: Yeah, and I'm not uh, surprised right. that that Mel Brooks' yeah. Mel- son Max would be, would be smart. I mean, as you know, you can't be dumb and do comedy. And especially when Mel Brooks was at his height and pulling off the things that he did, like blazing saddles and... and and these iconic films, uh, man, you, you just got to have a real intelligence for that, don't you?
0: I think that's true. Of all the funny people I've ever met, I, I could rarely, if ever, count somebody among them who wasn't smart in one way or another and often informed. Because you're putting things together in comedy. You're putting things together that don't usually go together. Right. So you have to know two disparate things at the same time. And in addition to that, Mel, and I've known him really well for 50 years in this conversation. I don't know whether it's because he's reached 95 and he's more open or what, but I see a side of him that I I hadn't noticed before. He, he had, he has the ability to take what could be destructive criticism and turn it into something positive, hmm. partly by ignoring it. Right. <laughs> he, he, was told, he was told when he was about to shoot, the producers, the the, the, uh, the studio said, "You got to get rid of that guy with the curly hair. He, he doesn't look like a like a leading man." and that was Gene Wilder who became a huge star. <laughs> right. And they wanted they wanted wanted Mel to get rid of him. So Mel's reaction instead of arguing with him Mel said, "Yes, you're absolutely right. You'll never see him again." And then he just paid no attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he said he says they forget, you know
1: when you when he looks back at at movies especially a movie like blazing saddles does he look back at that and say it was outrageous for the times it certainly couldn't be done today uh, how does he look at a, at a movie like that today
0: he he talks about that in our conversation on the podcast and he knows that some of it couldn't be done today he still defends it because uh some of the language was suggested by his co-writer. What was his name? Richard Pryor, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. Sorry. And, uh, and he said, Mel said, we we can't, we can't, can't use that language. And Pryor said, you have to, you have to show how this sheriff was put upon Hmm. what he had to endure before he could win their respect. so, Mel is very aware of how it couldn't be made today, but he felt it was important to do it the way it was done at the time. It's very interesting. You know, comedy lasts, has sometimes has a short shelf, short shelf life. Right. When you look at the scenes in Shakespeare that are supposed to be hilarious, I can't even understand what they're talking about.
1: <laughs> the well, and, and you know, Mel's movies were always full of those things that you're going to quote for years and years. I, you know, I've got... Well, MASH was the same way in that, you know, I have buddies of mine for the last 30 years that we'll just call each other and quote lines from a Mel Brooks movie or MASH <laughs> or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. And, and that's all the conversation we'll have. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just right. it's one of those. And, and those don't come around very often.
0: No, I know he's contributed things to the, to the common conversation. Like it's, it's, it's good to be the king. Right. right. right.
1: Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Uh, The the podcast is Clear and Vivid with Alan Alda. And I do want to ask you, though, just a couple of MASH-related questions, if I can, uh, especially with our our audience. You know, when you guys were doing MASH, it was great for the troops because they got to see themselves. They got to see uh, another side of themselves. Um, Why hasn't there been another kind of show like that? Uh, in the past few years that that our military and our veterans could relate to, I wonder.
0: I, I really don't know. I can't answer that. It has it has a little bit to do with what we were just talking about in terms of what is acceptable in right. the culture, what the True. culture is interested in at the time. It, that came out, MASH started, when the country was very, super aware mm-hmm. of the war that was going on in Vietnam. The country has since then fought wars that either deliberately or somehow accidentally were not staring us in the face day after mm. day. Which yeah. is not if are gonna if you're gonna commit bodies and treasure, lives to a war, everybody ought to know what's going yeah. on ought to be yep. in on in on the 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 decisions. But it was, and even then, it wasn't a, wasn't a show about Vietnam. It was a show about something that had happened twenty five years earlier. Right. So you had to, you had to have something else stand in for the the present pain and conflict.
1: You know, the, the, it, it
0: all has to do with what people are ready to to listen to and look at. Well,
1: that's a good point. At the moment. Well, and, you know, the the people that, the MASH fans, and as you well know, I'm sure from just meeting the fans all over the world, I'm sure they would come up with these creative types of uh, homemade gifts that they would make and send you. What What is the strangest MASH-related gift you've ever gotten, Alan?
0: I can't remember a strange one. It's a good question. I guess if I got a really strange one. The strangest one I ever got was from Loretta Switch. I, I, she, she, she heard that I fell on my front steps and broke a bone in my back, which wasn't, turned out not to be painful or serious, but I had, I had actually, I could say I broke my back flying off the front steps on black ice. So Loretta sent me a gift of a parachute. (laughs) So so the next time I flew in the air, I'd have a soft landing. (laughs)
1: That's pretty good. Alan, listen, I can't wait to hear the uh, the new episode. It's Clear and Vivid with Alan Alda, the podcast on Amazon Music. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great Thank talking you. to you.
0: Thank you, Randy. I enjoyed it very much.
1: You've been listening to Celebrity Salute. Celebrity Salute is produced by Brainstorm Media and distributed by National Defense Network with host Randy Miller and executive produced by Nate Heron. Be sure to visit us at nationaldefensenetwork.com. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also say, Alexa, play the National Defense Network podcast.